This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. This week, we continue one Christmas movie to rule them all. Spider-Man No Way Home breaks the internet and the box office, and we are continuing decades in December with the 2000s. So, Adam, this is episode 109, and you are fresh out of the theater from Spider-Man No Way Home. Hey, you remember I a couple weeks ago of... when you told me about all about Ghostbusters and I hadn't seen it yet? Well, now I get to do that yeah, this, to you. <laughs> this is kind of like that. I'm super jelly right now. Yeah? Um, yeah. It, I'm was, a, but I, it was pretty good. Pretty fun. But I'm excited that I'm still looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. yeah you um, got I, it. I still have that feeling of like looking forward to seeing it. And you had anything spoiled yet? yet? So. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's. I had. I had one thing spoiled also, and that. But that, honestly, yeah. That, honestly, that didn't uh, hamper my enjoyment of it at all. What What happened was I, I frequent YouTube, and oh, that's and right. this is a problem. Yeah. Because I I just I go about my daily business of, of going onto YouTube and looking at my subscriptions and my mm-hmm. and and I'm scrolling through, and all of a sudden like the the video preview that you get you know when you kind of hover over it oh showed showed me a specific scene so it wasn't um, even a thumbnail that revealed a certain thing um no it wasn't a thumbnail here i thought yeah when you told me about that i thought it was a thumbnail thumbnails are absolutely terrible on youtube the the thumbnail thing was hawkeye that was oh i was the hawkeye thing was spoiled okay for me because of a thumbnail but this one was just like the video preview that you know, people are posting like their videos they took in the theater <laughs> and mm. then post them on YouTube. Okay. So freaking, you know, and I kind of said like, you know, we didn't learn our Spider-Man lesson with great power comes great responsibility. You know, if you have the power of having that video, you have a responsibility. Um, but mm, don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a lesson we're still teaching and learning today, I guess. So. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. But, uh, so, my yeah, my recommendation, you saw... if you haven't guessed, is definitely Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yeah, well, let's that's the recommend. Let's get into our recommendations. That's yours. Um, yeah. Do you want to give us like kind of a yeah a non-spoiler? Yeah. Like even just I'll give you quick reaction. Yeah, I'll give you a rundown. Um, try to keep it brief here and, and definitely spoiler free. Um, Oh, and by the way, I'm just going to mention this now. You know, we're doing decades in December this week, like you mentioned off the top. But next week, we're going to kind of do a big Marvel review show, and that's going to be, you know, both Hawkeye and Spider-Man. And I'm sure we'll talk Excited about for that. other stuff there too, because there's definitely some stuff to talk about. Um, so, but my spoiler-free reactions are: this movie is really good. Uh, they balance a ton of stuff, and they do it really well. Um, you know, the Spider-Man movies that have kind of been plagued by too much in the past, you know, Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2, it's not a problem here, I don't think. It, it 
balances so much and they do it with um you know grace there's great fan service in this movie again you know mm-hmm. we talked about this with ghostbusters but there's great fan service in this movie and done right i'm guessing done right you know <laughs> yeah and it, it was it was just a lot of fun there are so many fun things in this movie and i'm trying not to say a lot of things right now but there are so many fun things about this movie um it's emotional it's funny uh really great action in it uh really great answers you know really great questions you know that we're asked marvel mm-hmm. always kind of does that um and it ties up a lot of loose ends uh really well really well um loose ends that you didn't know you needed tied up from you know MCU and uh other stuff it ties up a lot of stuff Good to hear. Um, very positive things. And, yeah. uh, you know, one, th- one thing I heard about this movie was that it is, you mentioned it too, kind of emotional. Um, yeah. So, you know, I-, I like movies that make me feel things. So yeah. I, I, do you think, is this movie going to make me feel things, Adam? Oh, like yeah. It made feelings, me feel emotions, things. you know? Yeah, it made me feel yeah. things. I don't usually get teary-eyed or choked up in these types of movies, uh, even though I you know love them and I still kind of feel the emotions. I just... It's not it's not me to go into this type of movie and get teary eyed or you know that type of thing. I did get a little bit misty in this one, and uh, you know even though I kind of knew one particular thing, um, you know it's it, it's still seeing how these characters you know act around the, this event, um, you know still kind of got to me. And so you're definitely gonna feel some things more than once, I think, and not not just in tragic senses either, you know, in some, a couple really satisfying ways, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to feel some stuff. This is, um, you know, for me, this is a top three Marvel movie on a good day, top five on a bad day. Um, it's not quite perfect. There's some things that, um, you know, just kind of didn't land in more quite, quite right. But overall, this movie is really, really good, and you know, definitely top tier Marvel, definitely top tier Spider Man for sure. Well, I think there's a lot of people that agree with you, Adam, because last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes, this one is 95 percent yeah. critic rating and 99 percent um, fans. Yeah, this one um, is stellar rating. So yeah, yeah. So I'm pumped. Going to see it with the wife tomorrow night. So yeah, you're gonna have fun. She's gonna have fun too. I've... Sounds great. Um, so my recommendation for this week, I have been trying to get Brittany to rewatch, to watch the Matrix trilogy. Um, and it's been a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it way more than she is. Um, so, you know, but getting prepared for watching the Matrix Resurrections, which I'm excited about too. So I got two big movies this week that I'm going to be seeing. So just got done watching the Matrix Reloaded. I do like that one quite a bit. I mean, the, the first one's the best, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about The Matrix Reloaded when we do our Decades in December discussion, so I'll save it for then. Okay, that's fair. But that does bring us to the continuation of one Christmas movie to rule them all.
So last week we asked you and you responded to which of the following is the best classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, A Christmas Carol, or White Christmas. And it was pretty close between It's a Wonderful Life and A Christmas Carol, but It's a Wonderful Life did win with 47% of the vote. A Christmas Carol had 37% of the vote. So those two films took up the majority of the votes. Um, so really, we we've, we now know that in the final poll, we're going to have Christmas Vacation, It's a Wonderful Life, and then they one of these... The winner of, the, of this week, of, yeah. This week, so this week we're we're looking at kind of would you would you call this like this, animated yeah, slash clay, claymation family <laughs> yeah animation yeah. family somewhere in there yeah so we have Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer of course Frosty the Snowman Mickey's Christmas Carol and How the Grinch Stole Christmas so Adam what are you voting for it's hard out of this. Uh... But I think it's Mickey's Christmas Carol for me. I love Mickey's Christmas Carol. I had a feeling that would be the case, and Why, I need hat? to really you judge me by my hat. Well, you know, <laughs> I just I I remember you liking this quite yeah, a bit. I, I do love it, and I I need to I need to watch it again. I know it's been a probably a long time since I've seen it. So my Plus. pick right now, yeah, I gotta watch it. Um, my pick right now is How the Grinch Stole Christmas because I think that's just. Such a classic it one is. that I I really like. Um, Still the best version after all the attempts. Yeah, yeah, like the old animated version is the best. Um, yep. I love it. So I got to go with that one. But we want to hear from you guys once again this week, um, so that we can get closer to our our final our final votes for determining the one Christmas movie to rule them all. But that brings us to our news segment for this week. Every copy. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! So that was a very fitting transition. <laughs> as we are <laughs> And he, he's, he's back in this one. Um, now, Spider-Man No Way Home, we're talking about the box office right now, and it just absolutely obliterated What did records. you say last week? I was projecting it at like 150, That's maybe. That's what I thought you said, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody could, have about pe- it. nobody could have picked this. No, and, and it was, I mean, even some, I, I forget who was projecting it, you know, around 150 million, but mm-hmm. th- that was just shattered by 100 million, so... Um, it took in $253 million um, domestically in its opening weekend, which is good enough for the third largest um, opening of all time, just behind, I believe, Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. And it beat out Star Wars The Force Awakens. Wow. $247 million. Or, yeah, million dollar. Doesn't it, make you, it makes me feel good to be talking about these numbers again. It does. It really does. And, and that's without I, China, I think, by the way. That's without China. Yeah, that's without China, which should be pretty big as well. Um, yeah. So, it, and it's it's looking. It's definitely going to be a billion dollar worldwide film. It, yeah, um, looks like it. I, I mean, think easily. We, I went tonight. We were recording on a Monday. We I went tonight, and it was still packed. 
Yeah, it was close to being sold out for tomorrow too when I was looking at getting our tickets and everything. I even, so. I even looked because there was a little bit of confusion between our, our little friend group that we have. You know, if they were, I thought for a little bit I was going to be alone uh, to see this right. movie, and I was still going to go. I don't, I don't care. Um, yeah. So I actually went on to look to see if there was like one or two open seats by me, so I could take like you know maybe my daughter or my wife. <laughs> nothing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It no. was. It's pretty wild. It's good stuff. I'm. Uh, it I is. love to see it. Yeah, it was great to see. And I mean, there hasn't been an opening this big since uh, the Rise of Skywalker back in uh, okay. December that makes 2019. Sense. That makes sense. So yeah, it was huge, and it's going to keep making lots of money. I mean, we've got the holiday mm-hmm. coming up, the Christmas holiday. Kids are going to be off school and everything, so um, more opportunities for it to. To make a lot of money. And, you know, gonna, we've seen films be successful in December. You know? I'm going to say something controversial here. Josh, you ready? I'm ready. I declare this pandemic dead. <laughs> I hope you're right, man. <laughs> I mean, if, if, it just, if 20 million it, it people... It just keeps... If 20 million people go out to see this movie despite it, you know, I, 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 think, I think we're good. In terms of movie theaters, I think you're right. Yeah. So that's that's good to see, and I'm again so excited to go see it, and I can't, I can hardly wait. But speaking of Spider Man, and I don't think any of the other movies are really uh, worth talking about <laughs> at the box office this week. So let's just move on. Um, what was new this week, though? Um, West Side Story was that new? West Side Story. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't need. How did West Side Story do? Oh, I don't know. Um, oh no, this is actually its second. Weekend. Oh, it's the second it, it, weekend. Yeah, it yeah. made, it made yeah. three million, so it's actually its second weekend. So yeah, yep, yep. So interesting. Uh, and uh, and comes I, out I, Wednesday or this week. Yeah, but I don't have high hopes for I that. Think to so. be honest, um, at yeah. the box office because you know it's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see it in the theater, um, but. It's on HBO Max. A lot of people are going to watch it that way. Right. And you still got Spider-Man out. So right. it's going to be tough. Yeah, I but, agreed. But speaking of Spider-Man, Kevin Feige's already talking about and confirming that the next Spider-Man movie is in the works. It's in early development. Um, and he, he kind of said, um, Amy and I, Amy being... Um, Amy Pascal. Pascal, Pascal yeah. Pascal, whatever. Yeah. Um, so Disney and Sony are committed mm-hmm. to continuing this. And he said, Amy and I, and Disney and Sony are talking about it. We're actually beginning to develop where the story heads next, which I only say outright because I don't want fans to go through any separation trauma, like what happened after far from home. Feige said that will not be occurring this time. So it, it seems like they've got a good relationship and they've got a plan even going forward, which makes sense because I think people want to, continue to see Tom Holland in this role and, and be connected to the MCU. So, yeah, I would agree that that is exciting to see. Absolutely. Um, we're going to shift gears over to star Wars and talk a little bit about the book of Boba Fett. Robert Rodriguez spoke a little bit about the, the book of Boba Fett saying that every episode has some kind of surprise. And, and he even said um, that, what did he say here about the trailer? He said, um, footage from 
the trailer was only the first half of the first episode or something like that. Yeah, they yeah. only they couldn't use the second half of the first episode because because it gave too much away. He said, um, so that's pretty wild. You know, we've only seen like yeah. one half of the first episode in that footage so far, so I, I can't imagine um, what's going to be in the show. I mean, they talked about things. He said things turn up that you don't expect, and you see things we couldn't believe we got to do. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely raises my excitement level to see what that means. I've heard rumors I've of heard rumors Harrison also. Ford yeah. being DH'd in Han Solo. Man, which would be awesome. Yeah, I've I've seen that too. I've seen Ming Na Wen take a picture with Harrison Ford. All this other stuff is popping up. Yeah. So right, know, maybe so. they can do better on the CGI this time. Yeah, hopefully, uh, maybe they use deepfake this time. We'll have to see. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they hire? Them? Didn't they hire someone from that? I, I think they did. <laughs> so if I remember right, not yeah. too long ago, I think they hired someone from one of the people that did those deepfake things. Yeah, so let's hope if they do that, it it turns out better than what Luke Skywalker looked like <laughs> in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um. What do you have yeah, any other and, guesses? Let's just let's just responsibly uh, speculate. Speculate here. Do you have any other guesses about what we might see? Boy, um, Han Solo was was my best one. If if. I'm trying to think of when it takes place in the timeline. You know, it's I mean, it it's would in that time period. It would be the Mando timeline, right? So, like five years, right? After it's Jedi. Mando timeline, five years after Jedi. So, um, Han Solo would certainly be alive during that time, unless they show some sort of flashback. I mean, I really want to see what happened, like with the with the Sarlacc and everything, like yeah. how he got out of that situation. Yeah. I want to see that. Um, seeing Han Solo would be cool. I can't think of anything, I mean, in particular that I need to see or no. can predict. Yeah, right. I mean, what about like a Lando appearance? Talk about Han. What about a Lando appearance? Yeah, I mean, in if they connect it to the Lando show that's supposed to be coming out too, that that could work too. Yeah, right. Um, There's also that Lando yeah, I, novel coming out where Luke and Lando mm-hmm. are kind of together looking for some, I guess, Sith relics, if I remember that right. You yeah. know, maybe there's something they can tie in there. I don't know. Could be, yeah. I'm here for the ride, and I'm getting a little bit more excited as it gets closer and closer. And watching Mando Season 2 definitely got me excited for it mm-hmm. and you know I'm, I'm just it's good to have more star wars and more star wars created by john favreau and dave filoni because they yeah. absolutely have knocked the mandalorian out of the park and even though i'm not particularly excited for this they they that they're behind it you makes know, me excited yeah i agree I, i'm kind of glad you said that because i'm still having a hard time getting excited for this too but um mm-hmm. i mean the robert rodriguez's episode of mando was pretty stellar uh, so I'm hoping for really great things out of this. Yeah, absolutely. So that's coming out right around the corner. Um, is it December 29th? Something like that. Yeah. Is that right? Close. Yeah. Getting close. I think it's, I think that might be, let me check my calendar here. That might be, is that a Wednesday or is it a Friday? It's gotta be, yeah, it's a Wednesday because Wednesday is a new Friday on Disney plus. So that'll be, that'll be coming out next Wednesday, the 29th. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about the Goonies. This is an interesting 
possible take on the, rebooting the Goonies a little bit. Um, so a Goonies reenactment series is in development for Disney Plus. Okay. Um, Explain this the to me, Goonies, Josh. <laughs> okay, so they're re- is that reenactment. An elegant way of saying reboot. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta, you know, it's this is interesting. Um, everyone, so it's, it's being, almost like everyone doesn't want us to reboot anything, so we're gonna reenact it now. We're gonna reenact it now instead of rebooting <laughs> it. But um, it's titled Our Time, um, and it aims to bring back the coming of age comedy adventure film in the form of a scripted series. Okay, um, it was first announced in 2020. It received a pilot order from Fox, but it wasn't able to move forward because um, it wasn't the right fit at the time, I guess. Um, they felt they described it as being too young. Um, so I guess you with Disney that, Plus, they're, they're, they're cool stuff. with young. Yeah. Um, Get off my lawn. <laughs> so let me let me look for some more details here. Um, Our time will feature a group of aspiring young filmmakers as they attempt to recreate Richard Donner and Steven Spielberg's 1985 film, The Goonies, shot by shot. Um, So this is that's interesting. Wait, (laughs) say that again. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) it's going to be a group of young filmmakers trying to attempt to recreate the movie shot by shot. That I've never. So is this a documentary about reef about refilming the Goonies? I think so. But they say it's so, scripted. But it's scripted, yeah, yeah. I, I'm having a hard time making sense. All right, all right. It, I'm but... kind of understanding why Fox passed on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that I don't know. It's it has the Goonies name attached to it, so right, I figured right. we had to talk about it. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm interested. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know how this would work. This is very confusing. It is. I am kind of confused about it, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're gonna go to various filming locations. Maybe, who knows? Maybe they'll maybe try it. Maybe they're gonna try to like figure out who to cast in these roles again. Um, maybe they'll go to locations where the original was filmed and try to recreate moments. It could be kind of cool, you know, it kind of showing that whole, you could maybe get behind the filming process a little Mm -hmm. bit and Mm -hmm. see how it works and everything behind the scenes type of stuff. But, um, yeah, it could be very good or it could be really bad. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but Hey, yeah, it's the Goonies. So I'll probably watch it. Another 80s franchise that I absolutely love, we absolutely love, Ghostbusters. And Ernie Hudson confirms that another Ghostbusters video game is in development, actually. Um, He said, I just got an email because we're doing another video game. They're scheduling it now to do the recording, and I'm not too sure who's going to do it. I know me and Dan Aykroyd, I think. I'm not sure if Bill Murray will do anything on it. So I've been playing the kind of remastered version of the Ghostbusters oh, game for, I, for Nintendo Switch. I think and I it's, have it's really, that. it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. I think I have that somewhere. Maybe on, I think I got it for free or something, uh, or maybe really cheap on like a Steam sale on PC or something. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, I've heard really good things possible. about it. I, I, it's a great Ghostbusters game. Like, you, you know, it, it really feels like Ghostbusters. The there's mm-hmm. a story behind it. The actors 
you can or the it's the original actors' voices. Um, and you're kind of this new cadet that's kind of joining the Ghostbusters team, but you basically go through some of the same places and face some of the same ghosts that you do in the in the original movies. So you know you you go back to that that hotel and and you have to trap Slimer oh, okay. and and then you go up against the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And so it, it's 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 cool. I see it now. I do have it. I got it on yeah. Epic for it was probably probably a game I got for free from Epic because they do uh, free games every week or something like that. So I think I got it from them. Yeah, it was on Nintendo Switch for like twenty bucks. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll pay that. I'm I'm in the Ghostbusters mood right now. So I was like, I'll get it and play that, and it's been fun. Well, I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's definitely it's worth one of those a, ones a that I've just picked up and just haven't touched. You know. Yeah. So. So, new Ghostbusters game is coming. I don't know if it's going to be... Maybe it'll touch on some of the events of Afterlife or bring in the new characters and still have the old characters. I don't know exactly where they're going to go with it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a newer newer iteration of that with the... Sure, sure. You know, newer characters and everything. Yeah. So, last but not least, we're going to talk about something. You, you mentioned that um, you might have got a little little teary watching Spider-Man No Way From Home tonight. And I got teary today watching the Harry Potter reunion trailer. Um, So HBO Max dropped the trailer for this 20th anniversary Return to Hogwarts special that's going to be airing on um, January 1st. And it's just a wonderful trailer. I mean, it just gave me goosebumps. And I'm not even, like, the hugest fan of Harry Potter. Like, I really enjoy it, and I've watched the movies. I read a few of the books. so I can't imagine how like somebody like you or my wife is maybe feeling about this, but I was in, t- I was in tears just at the, at the thought <laughs> cool. of this reunion and these yeah. actors coming back together. And, and you could tell there was still this emotional connection between um, like the, these, uh, these actors and everything, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson and Rupert Grant. So I'm yeah. excited. I really enjoyed the friends reunion they did on HBO max. I'm definitely looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm probably gonna watch. I don't. I don't think I'm quite as excited as other Harry Potter fans about this. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm just. I don't know. Reunion shows for me have never been something that like really got me going. I guess. Um, sure. I'd rather sit down and just watch the movies again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and also I, I've heard that J.K. Rowling isn't a part of this, and I kind of wish she would be. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's that's, that's a bummer. A bummer. And that is. Um, yeah, but I will. Uh, I. I mean, I'm sure I'll. I'll be watching this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, another one that's just around the corner here as we approach the end of December. And speaking of December, we are going to get back into decades in December, focusing on the 2000s. So when I say the 2000s, Adam, what I mean is the year 2000 until the year 2010. You mean the odds? Um, yes. Just just to clear up any confusion. Yes. So the 2000s. You know, the 2000s, especially the early 2000s, had a, a huge tragic moment and other tragic moments that kind of changed the world forever, you know, talking about 9-11. And um, I, I think the world really needed 
some pop culture stuff, some some good films, some some franchises. Um, so it saw the the launch of different things too, like iPhone, YouTube, and Facebook, which led to the explosion of social media that's still going strong today. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is <laughs> from a certain point of view. And music became yeah. even more compact with the iPod. TV shows like Lost and Game of Thrones became the center of the weekly work conversation. And midnight showing still happened at midnight. Yeah, I um, that. <laughs> nowadays, when you go to a, a Thursday yeah. midnight, quote unquote, like show, seven, you're going yeah. at like seven. I don't even call it. Um, they call it like preview night now. Yeah, like Thursday preview night. Major film trilogies were also midnight. released. I, I don't know how many midnight shows I would do anymore getting older. But, uh, yeah, I, but I, I, I do, do remember. Miss that. I do miss that feeling. That was a very unique feeling. It really was. Yeah, to to go and wait in line and to wait for midnight for that movie to start, whether it was Star Wars prequels or, for me, maybe The Matrix or, or um, yeah, you know, I remember Pirates of the Caribbean, whatever it was. I remember doing and, it. I think the one that sticks out in my head is uh, Revenge of the Sith because I remember mm-hmm. we watched one and two before that, went to see three at midnight, and then I had to work at 5 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> Oh um, yeah. So I was tired then. Uh-huh. So no doubt. Um yeah, I don't think I could do it now. <laughs> it's it's yeah. unless I took the next day off. Yeah, yeah. And also we graduated from high school in the the two thousands. And college. Yeah, and college. Wow, look at that. Um in the world of film, the 2000s was a decade of you know advancing special effects with companies like ILM. And Weta, um, you know, speaking of the company that was behind the Lord of the Rings um, films, and beloved characters like Yoda and Gollum were brought to life digitally in ways we had never seen before, some more successfully than others. Um, Looking at you, episode one, or episode two, Yoda. (laughs) And the 2000s also began the era I thought Yoda, episode two, the jumping around. I thought, when I saw that in the theater, I was blown away by that. That blew my mind. I don't know if that was just, uh, yeah. what was that, like 16-year-old me at that time? I don't know if it was that or if it was... Right. <laughs> I don't know. At the but time, I think I it... I loved it. it I yeah, still like I think it. just looking back on it, you know, it's, I think episode three Yoda looks even better. And oh, yeah. More yeah, convincing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still prefer the puppet, of course, but in yeah, order for him too, to be able to too. do the things he needed to do in that movie, he had to be digital. So, yeah, for sure. You know. Um, and so 2000s also began the era of franchise films like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Pirates of the Caribbean, to name a few. Um, so we're going to dig into the films of the, the 2000s, beginning with the box office. So once again, we're going to look to imdb.com to tell us what the top movies were at the box office in the 2000s. Uh, these are worldwide. Also, by the way, number one, Avatar. Um, which made $2.8 billion worldwide on a $237 million budget. So that was definitely a very big budget film. Yeah, that um, thing was huge. That was a juggernaut back in the, when that came out. It really was. And it, it kind of, at the time, revolutionized 3D technology. 3D technology never really stuck around for too long. It, it, I felt like it kind of had ups and downs and... 
I feel like it was at its, it's height. It's had ups and downs all with through. Avatar. It's, like all through yeah. its history, back to like the you know the fifties and stuff. It's had ups and downs. Um, mm-hmm. It was. I, I think it was Avatar that was really the uh, the big upswing for it. You know, within the last fifteen years. So definitely. Um, coming in at number two was Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, that made one point one billion dollars at the box office worldwide box office pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest coming in at number three with again over a billion dollars and joining those films at number four was harry potter and the sorcerer's stone also over a billion the dark knight at number five over a billion then we had pirates of the caribbean at world's end number six these are all just the next few are in the 900 million range under a billion, but still definitely um, excellent outings at the box office. Number seven, the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Eight was Harry Potter and the order of the Phoenix. Nine was finding Nemo and 10 was Harry Potter and the half blood prince. So, you know, we talked about how these big franchises were, a part of the 2000s and and we've got a lot of those here in this top 10 um lord of the rings trilogy makes appearances pirates um trilogy harry potter a couple of the harry potter films fall into here the dark knight um with the nolan you know dark knight trilogy so any standouts for you adam or anything that anything that was surprising or maybe not I was a little surprised that Revenge of the Sith didn't make the top ten. Yeah, I was surprised Just by that those too. Are, you know, huge event movies, and you know that was the last in that trilogy. However, yeah, that mm-hmm. trilogy by that point was kind of get you know get really getting beat up uh, critically yeah. and by fans. So I mean, I guess at that point I can kind of understand, but I was surprised that that wasn't the top ten uh, movie. And by the way, Revenge of the Sith came in at number 17 um, with $868.4 million. I was a little surprised that Finding Nemo cracked that top 10. Yeah, I was too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, but I mean, other than that, like you keep saying franchise, franchise, but I mean, really, that's what these movies all are, except for Avatar, which I mean, I get in Finding Nemo. I mean, like they keep calling it Avatar a franchise movie, but it hasn't been yet. Um, yeah, like <laughs> maybe if they would have released the sequel a little sooner. So, but I mean, that's what every one of these are really. You know, you look at Lord of the Rings, Pirates, Harry Potter, Dark Knight. Um, this is all franchise stuff. That's what that's what the two uh, thousands were, I guess. Yeah, and you know, talking about surprises, I was a little bit surprised that Spider Man Two wasn't further up on this list. Um, Spider Man yeah, Two bit, yeah. was twenty fourth with uh, seven hundred and eighty eight point nine million yeah. at the worldwide box office. Yeah. Um, so I was a little surprised by that. Speaking of Spider Man, we've been talking about on today's episode. Indeed. But yeah, that's the box office, and I will say that some of my favorite movies are definitely in the top ten here at at the box office, but we're going to get into that just in a little bit. We are going to count down the top ten according to imdb.com, 
um, in the 2000s. At number 10 was Memento, um, which I believe was one of Christopher Nolan's first films, if not his first, if not his directorial debut, possibly. Um, oh, interesting. That was, yeah, that was an interesting film. And um, number nine was The Pianist. What'd you say? The Pianist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> number eight. <laughs> You son of a gun. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I don't care. Yeah, you got to. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I can enunciate if that's the correct word. Number was, eight was The Prestige. It's a great um, movie. I'm glad. Another that, Christopher Nolan film. And I'm, I'm man, glad that, that made this list because I, I. That is a good movie. I thought about including that. That was a really great movie. Yeah, and I forget about it sometimes. And, and I do you too. had. Um, I do too. You had Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, Jackman. which delivered, they Mm -hmm. delivered excellent performances. Scarlett Johansson was in it, Michael Caine as well. Um, I forgot about Michael Caine, and I have to watch that again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been a while. Apparently you can watch it free on IMDb TV, so. There you go. Number seven was The Departed, which was a Martin Scorsese film, which was I, you know, that one had, that was packed with stars. It had yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg. Um, that was a really good movie. So yeah. it definitely belongs up here. Number six was Gladiator. I actually forgot about including this too, because it just makes the cut at 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five, City of God, which I've never seen. I haven't either. And then our top four, and we have three Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> How about that? And and then The Dark Knight. So we have The Two Towers at number four, um, which was rated at an 8.7 on IMDb. Um, Metascore because I feel like 87. I feel like that's usually people's favorite. Am I like my? It's I my favorite. But yeah, no, I I think there there's debate there. You know, okay. it's I think it's pretty close. Um, number three, the fellowship of the ring and number two was return of the king, 8.9, um, stars and 94 Metascore. And then number one, the dark Knight. Interesting. Um, nine stars and an 84 Metascore. So yeah, they're saying here that the dark Knight was the, the best film of the two thousands. And I mean, it's certainly up there and it has some really stiff competition though, too, with the Lord of the Rings films. This is um, a, I'm looking down through some of these other ones. This is a really great decade. Oh yeah. I think it's one of the best. It's one of my favorite decades in film. Yeah, for sure. I mean, cause all those franchises I fell in love with were really born in yeah. this decade, you know? Yeah. I'm looking down through some of these others. I mean, like you have Wally and, Eternal Sunshine, um, Beautiful Mind, another Russell Crowe movie. Yeah, that may begins. I I would like to Up. point out, um, V for Vendetta v for, at number twenty five. Yeah, yeah, that's another. That was a good one. one. Uh, I recently read that graphic novel. It's worth a read if uh, you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, great Pixar stuff here too. With between we already mentioned Finding Nemo, but Monsters Inc. Uh, I mentioned Wally already. Up was two thousands. That's kind of their. Mm-hmm. You know, great decade for them. Definitely. Um, and man, Incredibles also. Was I hate to pass up on Casino Royale as well, at number thirty-two here. Yeah. 
really changed the game for the Bond films. Indeed it did. So, so lots of great films in the 2000s, and now we get to talk about our personal favorites. So, um, Adam, do you want to go first? I had a hard time <laughs> with this. Uh, yeah. Whittling down. Hard time narrowing it down for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I tried to go with a couple that maybe we, I mean, it's hard to stay away from some of these that we haven't talked about already, you know, to mention, re-mention them. Um, but I have to mention Return of the King because that's my favorite of those of those movies. That's my favorite trilogy yeah. of all time. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, I have to, I have to say it, Return of the King. Yeah. Um, do you want to trade back and forth? Or you want me to just read my list? We can trade back and forth this time. Yeah. Um, I've got to put Avatar in there because I, I saw Avatar several times and and I saw it in 3D and and it really like blew my mind in 3D and I, I think because it was filmed in 3D and and it was you know filmed with that intentionality uh, to explore that technology. But not only that, I th- I felt like it really had a great story and and maybe it borrowed from from other stories, but you know and other kind of plot lines, but. I I thought it was a fresh take on this type of story, um, you know, kind of like the the character that meets the native of, of a certain place and and falls for her, to, you know, type of storyline. I th- I think like Dances with Wolves comes to mind, maybe. Um, and so Avatar, but was I, but of, I um, Avatar was kind of the was it real D three D was that with the. Big, I think so, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what actually the first real D3D movie was? What's that? Uh, it was. Uh, it's a Disney movie. Okay. You might guess. You want me to just tell you? Was it Tron? <laughs> Legacy? No. <laughs> no. Chicken Little. Chicken Little? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a wild, I don't know why. I don't know why I know that, but that's a wild little bit of... Yeah, <laughs> trivia that I've picked up on over the years. Interesting, but yeah, I had to throw Avatar in there. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely on my list. Yeah, I mean, just for the te- just for the technological achievements of it, it's not my favorite movie, and uh, but you know, right, just out of sheer respect, I think for the technology and you know mm-hmm. and what it did financially, so that's a good yeah. pick. Um. I actually have six on my list, so I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to save so for, do I. for like a honorable mention. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I guess say, my. Go ahead. I guess my honorable mention would be Avatar. Okay. Well, since you did that, I'm just gonna get mine out of the way then. I think I'm gonna say my honorable mention is X2, X Men United. Wanted that one too in an honorable as an honorable mention. Did I'm you? with you. All right, cool. That's a great yeah. That's a great choice. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to pick one of those, and the X2 is definitely the best of that of that bunch. Um, yeah, and I've mentioned on this, this on the show before. We had a trivia question on this one time, but um, because that had Nightcrawler in it, Nightcrawler is my favorite of the X Men. Uh, I just loved mm-hmm. that movie. Um, yeah, and all the stuff with you know uh, with Wolverine and X23 and all that. that so. Um, yeah, really that one movie. and Days of Future Past are my two favorite X Men movies. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand that. So, um, so that's a great choice. I th- this one I just I actually I'm gonna skip over one and talk about just for now and talk about Iron Man. Um, 
because Iron Man really jump started the MCU mm-hmm. and and I fell in love with that character. I loved Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of the character and and the way that John Favreau was able just to establish this excitement about this connected possibly connected Avengers type of universe. Um so I love that movie. Yeah, that's a great pick. I, I was I was hoping you picked something from the MCU and I figured you would, so Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say next, uh, Star Trek, the 2009 Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a I, that made me love Star Trek. Like I never was interested in Star Trek before. I um, was. That reignited my yeah. Star Trek love. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I know some people don't love the whole Kelvin trilogy, the J.J. Abrams stuff. I do. I think it was really well done. Me too. I think it was really. Uh, well reimagined. I think it was beautifully cast. I mean, um, that movie, I watched that movie so many times. Like, I can't even tell you how many yeah. times I watched that movie. I was, that was back when I was at a job. I was working in an office. There's actually, it, it was actually underground, which is another story in itself. I was in a mine. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> working in an office in an old mine. And, um, I was able to have like dark, an iPod, dark like, like, like no, literally it was like there was days where I yeah. would go, I would go into work at like six a.m. because I was working overtime and all this other stuff, and it was dark outside. And then you go underground and you don't come out again until it's time to go home. And in the winter time, you literally uh, just don't yeah, see sunlight. That's like depressing. It sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we go back to we were talking about like iPods and stuff. I had an iPod Classic that had you know the the wasn't a big screen but i guess back then it was a big screen it was like two inches three inches something like that um yeah and i you know i i ripped i, I got good at ripping movies back then <laughs> and i ripped <laughs> um, like everything that i could think of and one of them was star trek and i would sit and i would just you know have headphones on other people would put music on but i would watch things like star trek over and over again <laughs> and um so i watched that movie i mean dozens of times after it came out so um with good reason yeah you know i'm, I'm gonna make kind of a bold statement here and i might not 100 percent mean it but um <laughs> i <laughs> i remember when i saw this movie the first time and even the first couple of times i thought to myself wow this is like almost star wars level for me like i i I was like i remember really wanting jj abrams to make a star wars movie and i thought this was so well done this you know this actually got me excited in a franchise i wasn't excited about before and then jj abrams made a star wars movie and i i love the force awakens but i i still think star trek might be a better film than the force awakens i'm not gonna argue with you on um, that and I, I'm surprised I'm saying that because I do love Force Awakens, but I, I think this Star Trek was so well done that I and I, I loved it. I don't think I don't much. think that statement's that far out of, out of uh, the realm of being right. I, I mean, I, I think you're mm-hmm. onto something there. Now I have no idea why it's not in my top five or six. So That's thanks for I'm adding here. it. <laughs> so am I up now? Yeah, <laughs> I talked we, we like a lot there. on that one. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Um, So the rest of mine, in the 2000s, I was a huge fan of sequels. I was a huge fan of the middle movie in in (laughs) trilogies. And you're going to see by the rest of my list here. I 
I really loved the original Matrix more than Reloaded, but I really enjoyed Reloaded, and, and it had some of the best action that I had seen on film. Um, you're talking about that freeway scene. Um, there was the fight scene at the Chateau where Neo's taking on a bunch of people, with, and they're using like swords and um, all sorts of stuff. That that was a really cool action scene, and then it just kind of like took the Matrix to another level, discovering that Neo was like not the only one there were like five ones before him and that just kind of blew my mind so yeah i gotta go with the major shoot loader because i watched it a whole bunch of times and it it really just kind of took my mind places that i didn't realize it would go awesome um my next uh, we mentioned this one already a little bit uh but casino royale um you know just how much i love the mm-hmm. bond film and you know that was our the first entry in the Daniel Craig series. So, you know, for me as a Bond fan, I think that was the first time that I was really consciously aware of the changing of the guard because I kind of came on, you know, kind of maybe at the earlier days of Brosnan's tenure, but he he was already doing them at that time. Um, so that was really my first, like, you know, changeover, you know, seeing someone new take that role, and it blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the... You know, kind of reset the, the approach that they took with this, kind of making the character a little more gritty, you know, than he had been in the past, kind of pulling the reins back on uh, on some things. Uh, really brought some new life into that franchise that it kind of needed at that point in its history. So um, I think that movie uh, for me is uh, an easy pick uh, from one of my favorites of that decade. That's another movie in the 2000s that got me excited for a franchise that I was never excited for before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I had never really gotten into the Bond films. I mean, I, I maybe watched bits and pieces of Goldeneye because of that, because of the video yeah, game yeah. <laughs> um, for 60, Nintendo 64. But mm-hmm. this was the first Bond film that I was really excited about. And, you know, I've, I've loved them ever since with all the Daniel Craig films. So. I, I like awesome. that choice. Um, another middle chapter of a trilogy, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, is up there for me. Um, I don't know why I love that movie so much, but I do, and I love the Davy Jones aspect of it. Um, I love all the music in the film. I would listen to that soundtrack over and over again, the, the sound of the Kraken um, music, and... Um, everything about that film I just loved and just how like eerie it was. And I just remember certain scenes and like Barbosa coming back at the end. And like, that just kind of was one of those things that blew me away. And so, yeah, I just really love this one. I like the original, but I, I really enjoyed dead man's chest. I'm calling audible on my list right now, Josh. Okay. And you know, as I've been sitting here thinking about this, and I've been we've been talking a little bit about pirates, and you know we mentioned them in the on the other list that we talked about, and you talked about this. I gotta say, Black Pearl. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. substitute one of mine, and I'm gonna say Black Pearl. Um, I think the more that I think about this, I'm ninety nine percent sure that this is the first time for a movie that I had done repeat viewings and i'm but it like more than two okay so I'm, I'm sure at some point in my life before this i'd seen a movie twice in the theater before 
I think I saw this one like seven times in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, like I, it just ignited something in me, and I, I loved this film right off the bat. Still love this movie. Um, the sequels, I've, I've liked them all, and I know that some of them, the later ones, haven't been that great. But I still have a lot of fun watching Johnny Depp as you know Jack Sparrow. Sure. But none of the prequels ever lived up to what I felt in that first one for some reason. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. for some reason in that first one, just the lore, the swashbuckling stuff, that's something that you really didn't see in movies that much. And like I I don't know that I ever saw that type of pirate adventure film, you know, in that type of modern um you know you know story or that type of modern you know like 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 scenery and shooting and special effects and all that other stuff um it it it, it ignited something for a lot of people not just for me i mean pirate lore just kind of took off at that point you know um for sure and i i remember more pirate books history books coming out you know non-fiction historical fiction that type of stuff um coming out around that time because of that movie, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I I have to I I don't know why I didn't include it when I was making my first list, but um, I have to include it now. So, well, again, you mentioned how jam packed the two thousands were with great movies, and no wonder we left some of these off it's of hard. our list. I'm gonna have um, to leave one off now that it's actually gonna really pain me to leave off. But <laughs> oh man, well we can always throw in another honorable mention or something. Maybe. But. Uh, but yeah, and I have to say about the original Pirates, um, Curse of the Black Pearl, that you know, I th- I think how much I loved that one is what made me love the second one as much as I did because yeah. there, there was all yeah. that anticipation and that build up and looking to what's next and mm-hmm. all that excitement probably made me enjoy Dead Man's Chest even more. So, um, my next one has to be The Dark Knight. I, I absolutely love the Christopher Nolan. Batman Dark Knight trilogy. It is my favorite version of Batman that I've seen. I love Christian Bale as Batman. I, oh, me I give me the give me the voice and all. Oh, I don't I love care. I love it. I love the girl. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. It's it's methodical. It's there's a purpose behind it. Yeah. Um it really disguises his his voice, you I, know. So I, no, I love I, it. I love it too. Um, I don't I don't I honestly I don't understand why it gets made fun of or whatever. I I yeah, I never thought about it until I started getting it, I guess. Like yeah. social media stuff. I never really thought about it because I just loved it, you know, right off the bat. Yeah, and this is a great trilogy overall. I mean, The Dark Knight is is my favorite of the trilogy, but Batman Begins was great, it and was, I really enjoyed yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Um, yeah, Batman Begins is kind of an easier rewatch for me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like the heavier psychological elements of Dark Knight or whatever, um, but Batman Begins is just, just so fun for me, you know. It's a great origin story. Um, yeah, it really is. You know, yeah, fantastic. So, my last one, and I'm like, I'm trying to waffle back and forth between which one I'm going to leave off now. Um, but I think I have to go with, I think I have to go with Wally because Wally is actually mm-hmm. my favorite Pixar movie. I thought that was a beautiful, moving story that, for the most part, yeah. until you get to like the second part of the movie, is told without words. You know, and mm-hmm. um, I thought it was a, a, a kind of a, a risky movie for Pixar. You know, just the way that they told that story. Um, but for me, it just paid off so well because I love that 
I love that story. I loved what they did with, you know, the the futuristic aspects of it. You know, kind of the the uh, post-apocalyptic stuff of it, but then kind of wrapped it up into a more fun story once you get on board the Axiom. Um, you know, I just love so much about that movie, and so you know, for a character that isn't flesh and bone, so much heart in both Wally and Eve. Uh, mm-hmm. and such a good love story too between two robots. It's so weird, um, but like, yeah. um, it's just so well told and beautifully animated. Um, that's another one of those movies you go back to my iPod day, watching days back at work, and that that was another one that got a ton of play. Um, watched it over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I I loved Wally so. That's a great choice. I have been meaning to watch that film again because it's been a while, but I, I do know that it had an impact on me, and I, I really, really love that movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and the one that I had to leave off was Spider-Man 2, by the way. Yeah, Spider-Man 2. I wanted that on my list as well. well how it's about we both say it together? Spider-Man Man 2. 2. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's on there. Um, no, but that is my favorite Spider-Man movie to this day. And interesting. I'm um, just interesting. waiting to see if far from home changes that or not. But um, mm-hmm. I love Spider-Man too. So interesting. I, I'll be interested yeah. to hear if it does change or not. I can see, I can see you going both ways on that one. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but my actual number one is the two towers. Um, when I, when I went to watch the two towers for the first time, no lie, my legs were trembling. I, w- I was literally shaking <laughs> with excitement and, and, and just anticipation. And I've never, ever felt that way. I mean, I, I've had other f- big feelings in movies, whether it was Star Wars or um, whatever it was. But The Two Towers did something to me. <laughs> and and I, I just felt things I never felt watching a movie. And I, I, I'll never replace that feeling. Uh, in a movie theater, probably. And so, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved the, the bill, the, the Gandalf thing when he became Gandalf, the white was tremendous. Um, I forgot about Gandalf being there and then he comes and saves the day at the end of the film. And I almost forget every time that he's coming back. Every time I watch it, I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Gandalf's coming back. It's a surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I I love Whoa, the build Vader's up. Luke's father, right? Uh, no, that one doesn't get me every time. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> and the build up to Helm's Deep, and this is why Helm's Deep is my favorite on screen battle of all time because of the build up to it. And it's a battle that's at night. It's in the rain. Mm-hmm. It's just really focused on this one location. Um, it's easy to follow. And I I think it's for me the the best battle put to film. Um, Can't argue. With so yeah, that I got to go with the two towers. Nice. I do have yeah, one so uh, response yeah. from Twitter that I want to read uh, from Patrick Covey again. One three six said um, it, there was a weird uh, mid two thousands obsession with emo rock and uh, zonga. I want to say X A N G A. It's a genre that I'm not familiar with, but he said that it was quite interesting. Also, Japanese culture culture really started to shine uh, during this time, and he said he recalls anime getting a major boost uh, during that time as well. Uh, also, YouTube was born, which is a good uh, good call there. 
uh, yeah. change the internet forever. And, um, and his mention of that kind of reminded me, you know, that was, you know, th that genre of film has never really connected with me, but I do remember watching the film uh, Ponyo back then, which was a uh, mm -hmm. Studio Ghibli production. Uh, because, like you said, you know, that was a very popular genre back then. It was kind of exploding at that time. So, Yeah. Good mentions, Thank Patrick. Thank you for that submission. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh, 2000s were a big decade. We, we um, talked a about a lot tonight, a lot of good stuff, um, a lot of big franchises, a lot of advancements in technology. Um, you know, it, it was really a, a big decade. So I'm glad we got to talk about it. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Thank you for tuning in to episode 109 of From a Certain Point of View. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I'll make sure you do that. Uh, and if you're on an app like Apple Podcasts that lets you leave a review, we would really appreciate if you left us a, a, a review and let us know what you think about the show. Uh, that helps us get out to more and more people. It also helps us to know what you like and what you don't like about what we do. Um, we are continuing our Discord watch parties every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. We're continuing Hawkeye, which means we will be wrapping up Hawkeye this week, which is crazy to be saying. That is crazy. That went so fast. <laughs> right? Um, and we're going to be talking about that more next week. I'm uh, really loving Hawkeye, and uh, mm -hmm. we're going to dive into that more lately, but in, in more next week. But um, I've got some good things to say about Hawkeye, I think. Uh, so join us as we watch the Hawkeye finale this coming Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern in our Discord server. If you want to join the Discord server, it is free, and you can find that link in the show notes and on our website, facpovpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, there you'll also find you know, links to all of our show notes, which you can actually listen to the show from the website now, which is kind of cool. Uh, you can find links to contact us and send in questions. Uh, there's our, f our phone numbers on the website as well. And also has links to all of our socials, uh, which are uh, Instagram and Twitter at CertainPOVPod. Facebook page is From a Certain Point of View. Our email address is CertainPOVPod at gmail.com. And that phone number that I mentioned earlier uh, is 724-901-1783. You can use that phone number to tell us your favorite movies from the 2000s or you can let us know what you thought of Hawkeye and or what you thought of No Way Home and we would love to play those next week as we talk about those uh, Marvel properties that we're going to review in a big Marvel extravaganza show next week on episode 110 uh, so send those voicemails in at 724-901-1783 Remember, we are also part of the Red 5 Network, which is a huge collection of 30 great shows. You could have content for days if you just check out the Red 5 Network at red5network.com and also on Twitter at Red 5 Network. You can find me on the internet at uh, thegauz 85 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and Josh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel from a certain point of view. And thank you so much for joining us as we took a trip to the 2000s on this week's show. And we are really excited to be bringing you more content. 
next week and next year. And thank you for sticking with us. Everything we said today was true. From a certain point of view.